Hey, True Believers, it's David Hickney. I'm here with Roger, Freak of the Week. This week, we're talking about the hibernator. We, we're joined this week uh, with, by Dr. Samantha Baggington. Did I say that right? Yes, that's totally right. Oh, good. Good. Uh, so you're a doctor? I am. Uh, what are you a doctor of? I have, uh, well, actually, I went back to school. It's kind of one of those things that once you're immersed in academia, you kind of can't stop getting degrees. Um, so let's basically say that I have a doctor in all things animal and all things mineral. All things animal and all things mineral. Yes. Actually, I spent a number of years uh, trying to pursue archaeology and, and geology. I just think it's so interesting how we like build up our lives on top of things and we don't even examine what they are. It's so cool. Right. So have you studied all things vegetable as well or just... That's next. I was kind okay. of waiting until retirement. I just really... I love agriculture as well, but I figured because we see so much science currently in agriculture that maybe I would start once we get to the point that we now have to do other things to our soil where we have to really look at the future of what we grow. And that's where I want to get into. So once the right. science is there, I think that's the next degree I'm going to get. Right. Okay. Sure. And uh, where do you have your degrees from? Well... Pretty much all over. Um, I technically have a degree in, from Oxford. I technically have okay. a degree from Yale, Harvard, Stanford, um, and also Brown. Um, I went to Columbia for a little bit when I was going through my art phase. <laughs> and um, currently, I'm doing my residency uh, at a hospital in Chicago. Um, it's just, it's a lot. I have just really anywhere in the world I want to touch. So I got to ask, because like, I know it's not normally polite to ask this, but you have all these degrees from all these different places. Yes. How old are you? Well, I am currently 57 years old. I would not have guessed that. Most people don't. It is because I have learned a lot about disease prevention, about disease control, about how to use our environment to make our lives better. It is really exciting, which is why I'm excited about agriculture kind of coming into my twilight years and maybe be able to expand the lives of the people around me using the things that the earth is giving us. Right. Um, okay. So we're here to talk about a specific thing though. Yes. Uh, the hibernator. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about the hibernator? Absolutely. So what we originally believed in the hibernator, uh, was that it is a type of animal. We believed originally that this animal, uh, you know, would breed with another hibernator and create more hibernators. Right. What we have found is that it's actually a disease. Um, we do not know a cure yet, but we do know that it starts in humans. Okay. The disease will continue to take over the human's life. What's super interesting is that it can lay dormant for years. Mm. So you may be infected and you may not know. It really is part of your environment. If you have this virus and then you are put into an environment where this virus can really blossom, you can become a hibernator. It's very interesting stuff. So these are people that have turned into hibernators because of a virus. Yes. And now since there is no cure, they are classified now as hibernators they do not anymore have the homo sapien so they've become they've transformed into a new species they have 
essentially. Okay. Because once we started studying the hibernator, we found that the DNA had actually changed. That we no longer saw some of the same markers that the human had before uh, he or she became the hibernator. All right. So is there a way to to know this before the disease actually takes over? Is there a way to prevent this? So we're currently looking at testing. We want to see if a virus is the only key plus environment that causes the mm -hmm. hibernator. Um, what we're thinking might be available after a few more years of study is possibly a vaccine. We're not sure if it's going to be something that we can vaccinate against or if it's something that is built from hereditary, you know, hereditarily. Right. Um, so it might be, you know, similar to some similar to uh, Alzheimer's, where you can be prone to the disease first, okay, and then you are likely to contract it. That's that sounds scary. Um, oh, it's terrifying! It is absolutely terrifying. So, uh, what what happens if you, you 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 come down with this? I mean, what happens if you become a hibernator? So we see that the hibernator um, tends to be. Um, more indoors. We, mm -hmm. we don't see a lot of outside activity from the hibernator. Um, it's also, we see um, very cold climates mm. is where they are found. Okay. So in areas where the climate can change dramatically, like they have a solid summer, they have a solid winter, um, we will see a hibernator migrate from a climate that is becoming warmer to a climate that is becoming colder. Okay, so there's migration. There can be. What we've noticed is because they are not outdoor creatures, mm -hmm. we don't get to see that migration. Like, we don't get to see it like how geese do it, you sure. know? Geese are in the air. Yeah. Like, they are flying like a V, right? Hibernators don't fly like Vs. They don't go through a V. They don't go through a V. Right. They do not fly uh, what we do see is that all of the sudden there will be a large number of heat markers in colder areas of the world. And it's been determined because of other signs such as increased internet usage, um, uh, a number of uh, Netflix accounts streaming all at once using one singular password. Okay. Um, we see, uh, oh, we see a number of blankets. We will see, um. You know those really fuzzy blankets, like the super soft ones mm -hmm. that have like the extra like inch of hair on them? Right, right, right. What you may see around the hive of hibernators are these blankets that have been worn down to near nubs. Uh, Nub blankets. It is super interesting. You, you mentioned hives. Do they Are they like a pack animal then? or That is also what's so interesting. By nature, they are not part of a pack. However, because of environment, they end up becoming a group. So they may not even know that the other is there. They are very solitary creatures. But by nature and by environment, they end up being grouped together. Mm. It's so interesting. That's, that's, that is actually very interesting. Um, I don't normally do this because I usually have to yell at somebody uh, when they decide to talk soon. Uh, sooner than later. And oh my gosh, are you bringing on Dr. Elizabeth Marin? Wait, you, you... Are you bringing on Dr. Elizabeth Marin? Are you... I am such a fan. She is the whole reason I did this show. I think she is just so brilliant. The fact that I have this many degrees is 
wholly because of her. She has been such an inspiration. I can't even tell you. I mean, I didn't even start getting these degrees until I was 35. I cannot tell you how interesting and how exciting it is that I get to be in a conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Marin. She is just, she's a god. Roger, can you go get me a beer, please? Thank you, Roger. Well, Elizabeth Marin, you've heard a very lucid argument about this. Uh, I don't know how you're going to be able to poo-poo on this one. I, I, I'm actually, well, first of all, thank you so much, Dr. Baggington. Uh, I, I, I can't. Please, I, you, can, I, you can call me Sam. That is totally okay. <laughs> I can't say how, enough how much I appreciate your compliments, how nice it is to, to meet a fan. I, I don't get to do that very often, and I definitely appreciate meeting you and the fact that you are here and, and speaking eloquently and intelligently. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, you actually sound like you, you, you're just very different than our typical experts that we have on, and, uh, and, I, and I very much appreciate that. It's amazing to hear you say I. I can't tell you how much your work has inspired some of the things that I do. I have, uh, I've read almost everything you've written. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, it's just when you took the world of animology and the world of entomology and, uh, I mean, you have, your degrees have furthered so much of the things that I wanted to study. It's, I just, it's like, it's like meeting a hero. I just can't even, wow. like, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> Can we talk about the hibernator, though? I mean, that's what we're here for. We right? we we can talk about the hibernator. Um, I am I'm fascinated at the at the amount of research that you've actually done on this. I know that, um, I didn't really think that this was necessarily a mythical creature that existed, but I know that all of these traits can definitely be found in a person that has um their DNA changes though. that 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 has a seasonal depression disorder. What's that? Seasonal depression disorder. It's what happens to human beings when they uh, do not experience enough sunlight and they start lacking vitamin D. Uh, they well, it's often... not expressly because of the vitamin D. It has been traced, though, to sunlight because there is not enough daylight hours. Exactly. We find that people uh, start suffering from depression because they're not able to get out and see the light the same way. Right. So it's not exactly with the vitamin D. I mean, Dr. Elizabeth Marin knows much more about the subject than I do, obviously. She is very interesting. But uh, it, it can just be about the actual time of day and how it shifts. And that scheduling shift can cause a lot of turmoil inside of a human being. But virus... DNA change. I am curious. First of all, our our uh, primary source of vitamin D is from sunlight. Yes, that is yes. that is the only place that human beings can actually get an adequate amount, aside from supplements. It's the one supplement that I would highly recommend. Everyone should be taking their vitamin D at least ten thousand international units every day in the well, wintertime. You know, it's funny that you say ten thousand international units. It sounds like a lot, but it, it's not. It does because uh, I find that so many people take supplements when they don't actually need as much as the supplement is providing. For example, I saw this Centrum Silver commercial that was talking about two thousand percent of my daily need of magnesium. I, no one needs 2,000% of magnesium. Your body can handle 100% of your need for magnesium. Any more in your body is going to slough that off. So I completely agree with you, Dr. Marin. You are so incredibly interesting. Um, I would say, however, that a supplement for vitamin D or vitamin C or potassium, really anything that you're looking for for your body, 
can be taken up to 100%. After that, you're really not doing your body any more good. Roger, how's that beer coming, Roger? So we keep going around this. Elizabeth, do you believe that people have this virus in them and it changes their DNA and turns them into a different species. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that it changes people into a different species. I definitely oh, think that, shots it can, fired. that it can change people's personalities drastically. It, um, it can change different levels of hormones in our body if we're not getting the adequate amounts of, of vitamin D. But we're talking um, about a virus here that turns people into the hibernator. I don't believe that that is a thing that exists. Aha! And that's totally fair. Dr. Marin <sighs> has a scientific mind. She knows that we have to see something, ask questions, create the experiment after creating a very thought-out hypothesis. And then even after that, have an experiment that we can continue to replicate to make sure that our results are accurate. She is totally so interesting, and it makes total sense that she believes this. However... Being a doctor myself with so many degrees, um, I will say this. We did conduct those experiments. And I think the easiest way to explain it to somebody who's maybe not as educated on this subject Mm -hmm. is thinking about it kind of like zombieism. Um, Now, we've seen that. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. You believe that zombieism exists? No, but I do think that it is Uh. an easy way. Just to relate. To relate. Okay, okay. So with zombieism, we see a human being being turned into a different species while maintaining a lot of the characteristics of the original human being. However, biologically, they're no longer part of the human species. And that's what we're seeing here, is that very subtle things in the DNA have changed. Uh, And that's what's causing this hibernator. It's not just seasonal affective disorder and having a bad mood. It is that they will never be able to get out of this state of being a different species altogether. Very interesting stuff. Forget forget the beer, Roger. Just get the Johnny Walker. All right. I, th- I think we're going to take a break, uh, hear from a sponsor, and then we'll be back, I guess. Thanks. Freak of the Week is sponsored by Rogers Landmines, the most sensitive landmines you can find. Hair trigger is an understatement with Rogers Landmines. Not affiliated with mantises. everyone, this is Nick Mataragas from Surreal. I uh, just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a taste of all the things I've had to tolerate while recording this season so that you know what um, I went through to give you this new season of Surreal, which comes out September 21st. Thanks. Her name is Pumpernickel or Pumper whatever. Pe- Pepper yeah. We called her Pumpernickel sure. because her face looked like friggin' piece of pumpernickel. She was not that seems an attractive mean. girl. Okay. Did that make you uncomfortable? At first, yes. But then I realized that I wasn't an American pussy, and I was fine with it. So you think it was just like an unwritten understanding? I, I am not aware. Of your own thoughts? At this time, no, I am not aware of my own thoughts. I like to name my sponges. Uh, I feel like I should take the, uh, whatever, the Third Amendment on this because do I... You, do you mean the Fifth? I think we've had quite enough insertions for the day, quite frankly. Agreed. And, uh, we're back, um, with, with Dr. Samantha Baggington and... Hello! 
and Elizabeth Marin talking about the hibernator. I still can't believe I'm here with her. She is just so, so amazing. All right. Um, We're going to take a call because I need to hear another voice at this point. Uh, Caller, what's your name and where are you from? My name is Jim, and um, I'm from South Dakota. Jim from South Dakota. And uh, you have an experience with a hibernator? Uh, actually, uh, I'm calling because I may, in fact, be a hibernator. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. 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 Uh, yes. uh, can you explain your situation to us, Jim? Yes. Uh, well, I used to live in uh, southern Florida, and mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend broke up with me, and uh, I decided to move here to South Dakota, and uh, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, but I, I think it's a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. So, so Jim, I just want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Can you stay on the line for can me? you slow it down a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Yes, I can. Thank you, yeah. Jim, during the day, how often are you awake? Seldomly. Okay. Except for, you know, going to the bathroom and uh, Are eating, you still using a common toilet? A common toilet? Uh, yeah, I use my toilet. I live alone. Uh, I don't see many people. I, I work as support staff on a chat form uh, at night. So I don't leave the house ever. Okay. And I just, you know, and sometimes I even go to sleep while I'm waiting for people to contact me. So the chat work that yeah. you do. It's intense. How many hours a, di- uh, hours a week are you putting into that job? Like actually, like working, or do you mean like, yeah. uh, you know, that yeah, I going. like put down that I work? Log in, log out. Oh, log in, log out. Uh, it's about fifteen hours a week, I would say. Okay. Uh, okay, I, uh, that I can't, and I use it's. Oh, well, sorry, sorry, Jim. If you're Jim. still listening, um, I'm gonna talk quickly, but you can always record this and slow it back down for you. Okay. Uh-huh. So here's the thing. I don't believe that you are either currently or are becoming the hibernator that we know it to be. Now, it does sound like you have some issues with depression. It does sound like you have some medical issues that are causing your whole body to shut down. A little bit different. The hibernator does not maintain a job. The hibernator does not maintain accurate toilet use. Uh, Usually in a hibernator hive, we will see, well, an abandoned hibernator hive. I've yet mm-hmm. to be able to get into one as a hibernator is in it. Uh, but we tend to see poop buckets. We tend to see um, a large amount okay. of food wrappers around. There aren't there aren't jobs. There aren't things like this. The fact that you were able to pick up the phone and call makes me believe that you are not the hibernator. You okay. don't have to worry about that yet. But see a physician. Dr. Marin, I'm sure you have something to say about uh, this. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I agree with many of the things that, that you just said. I believe that you should definitely see a physician. You should probably uh, 
try a little bit of therapy. I think you might have, uh, obviously, some some depression from from the loss of your girlfriend. Uh, I would have been curious to see uh, why you chose South Dakota to move to from Florida. Seems like a very drastic move. I think the girlfriend was the was the key factor there. Right. But why South Dakota, though? That's just, I don't know why. It's just curious to me. Some people get weird jobs. I mean, you know, we've been, I mean, you've been everywhere. That's you've true. studied everywhere, we're, too. We're, we're missing the, 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 the biggest point here. Poop buckets. Yes. So are you saying that those that have become hibernators also become vagrants? It sounds like you're describing uh, squatters. I think... In- that's not a play on words, just people that live in abandoned buildings <laughs> called squatting. Oh my yeah. gosh, I see what you did there. You are so funny, Dr. Merritt. Oh my gosh. What is going on right um, so now? So are, are you saying that, like, are all squatters hibernators? Are all hibernators squatters? Are they two different? They're absolutely two different things. Okay. First and foremost, squatters are human. Okay. Yes. And, and the hibernator, hibernators aren't human. Right. Now, I want you to kind of think about what would happen if your dog was left alone in a closed-off room? Think that way. That's what we tend to see with hibernator hives. So even a dog, right, which we can all agree is an animal, right, yeah. and yes. non-human, a, a dog will find one corner to continually relieve itself. What we find in hibernators is that the idea that they once used a toilet is kind of there. So there's generally some sort of container, a bucket, a large bowl, um, a a grocery store bag. Um, Oh, do you remember when uh, planters used to have those cheese puff balls? Yeah, those things were awesome. Those canisters. Um, A number of different ways that they can contain their waste, similar to any animal. So it's a a sense memory, though, like the idea of... I used to sit on something to poop, so that's what I'm doing. Yes. It's basically as though they have evolved from humanity at an incredibly rapid rate. Okay. That this part of their DNA stays true. So how, what, how do you think about that, Elizabeth Marin? I'm just fascinated by this whole thing. I just want to keep listening to Samantha, honestly. Wait, What? I'm 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 You're taking not, notes. Like, you get so angry at all of the other experts. I, I'm taking notes. I'm developing a hypothesis as we go along here. Um, oh, but right now God. I'm just I'm just God. sort of absorbing. True believers, she's developing a hypothesis. This is not good, true believers. No, this is great. This is so interesting. Oh God, help us all. Uh, I'm going to take another caller. Um, can oh, I just? Yes, Samantha. Would you oh. like to push the button? Oh my gosh, I would love to push. What? Oh my gosh, can I push the button? What? Push the oh button. my gosh, is it this? It's this. It's, it's right okay. here. Yeah. Uh, all right, caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, am I on? The, am I on the air? Yes. Yes. What's your name and where are you from, caller? Uh, I'm uh, Scosmus Rasmodale uh, from Paris, Texas. Uh, and uh, Hickney. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been listening to your. Is this your show anymore? Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, what? What are you doing? Are you, is this your show? Because all I hear is I'm hearing these women folk yapping, yapping, yapping. It's like, wh- when are you going to put the foot down on this? A, oh. it is my show, me and Roger's show. I ain't heard Roger yeah, all Roger show, man. Roger went, don't correct my grammar, Elizabeth Marin. Roger went and got me some whiskey because I needed some. You being from Texas, you should know the importance of whiskey. B, it doesn't matter if they're women or not. That's not the point. 
Don't be some stupid oh, oh, redneck oh. yokel and yell at me about that shit. <laughs> oh, man. I swear to God, you're one of them incel types, ain't you? <laughs> what types? Yeah, you know, incels. You hear about them? Incel. Involuntary celibate. <laughs> I, I, I have actually... a wife, sir. Oh, yeah. Sure you do. Right. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Caller, what was your first name again? Uh, uh, my, it's Cosmos. Cosmos. Okay. It's Cosmos. It's Cosmos. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for repeating it because it was not, I was so unfamiliar with this name. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's what a family you said, name. Is it from where? Uh, yes. It's from Texas. It's from Texas. Yeah. So is your whole family from Texas? Uh, as far as we know. Okay, so how far back can you see uh, your lineage in Texas? Well, uh, we go back to, uh, you know, we had that Ancestry.com uh, thing done. Mm-hmm. We go back into the early, early 1960s. Wait, oh. you did you did a DNA test? Well, yeah. And you're calling me to give me shit? You, you put your DNA out there? You let people know about... You're insane. Why sir. don't you listen to your sister who's a scientist? I am a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a scientist who can't seem to keep your women folk in line. Real quick. I'm very confused as to how he's both insulting and sticking up for us simultaneously. I think I, I, think I, I know like your this. voice. Okay. Oh, Thank God. You. Scott. 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 Can I just call you Scott? Scosmus? Well, if you insist, pretty lady. Okay. Well, first of all. Oh, God. I am concerned that he can see how beautiful I am, because <laughs> I thought he was calling in. <laughs> he is calling in. Well, okay. I just I just call everybody with a beautiful voice, pretty lady. Well, thank you. I also, your it. your photo comes up when we Google your name. Oh, interesting. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. See, sometimes the scientist needs more school. <laughs> okay, so here's my question for you, and you can see your lineage through the 1960s Uh-oh. in texas um now past that do you have any idea where your where your lineage where your heritage is from past that before 1960 oh, before i thought you meant Amoebas. like the 1970s or 1980s no oh, my apologies uh, before that uh no uh we don't we don't know about that it's a complete mystery amoebas okay. there's there's no one in you your come family from that's amoebas. still alive that Remembers earlier than the 1960s? Well, uh, the thing is, is that we've always lived in Twister territory. And Uh uh, uh, our our family has been through a a number of Twisters over the years. And in fact, uh, uh, quite frankly, I don't even know if my parents are my parents. Gotcha. It's really, it's a sad, sad thing. Um, David, uh, I I don't mean to interrupt. I know we're talking about hibernators today. But I think you have a troll on the line. Yeah, no, I think he's an actual troll. Yeah, from the things that he's saying about no history before 1960, the Texas uh, upbringing, I think that you have a genuine troll. Have you lived under a bridge at any point in your life? Well, uh, yeah, when the twister don't take it away, that's where we spend most of our time. Actually, have you you fought any brothers that were goats? Well, uh, yeah, they were very gruff. And uh, we've uh, we do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it turns out I'm I'm three foot two, and I'm hairy from uh, from the nape of my head all the way down to the uh, the nape of my feet. Elizabeth, what do you get, what do you have to say about this? We have an actual troll on the phone. Trolls don't exist. We have one on the phone. Uh, now, Missy, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. 
I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm as real as a, a sunset over Amarillo. Yeah, what he said. First to be all, fair, though, there are sunsets almost everywhere. Well, point taken, beautiful. Um, and and uh, underneath a bridge or underneath a, a, an overpass is an excellent place to take shelter from a tornado or twister, as you like to call them. Yeah. Um, what about the goats? The goats? I mean, I, I, I've I met uh, plenty of men in my life that do definitely resemble a goat. Uh, David, you resembled a goat when you were a child. You screamed a lot. You had a beard at age 12. It was very strange. Um, what, what about the fact that he's got hair from the nape, what was it, the nape of his neck to the nape of his feet? Yeah. I Just about every nape I've got is just hairy. Nape to nape. I was just, in fact, they used to call me little hairy nape. When I was young and little hair and that's, that's adorable. See, what I think is so interesting is is listening and watching Dr. Marin just break every everything down, right? Like a good scientist would. Now, normally what I would do is start with what we believe to be true, mm-hmm. that you have a troll on the line. Right. And start experimenting from there. Elizabeth goes from a whole different side where she says, this is what is believed let me show you how that's inaccurate. Such an interesting way to go about experimentation. I mean, I, I I'm so, just so you call fascinated. it interesting. I call I, it annoying as hell. I I gotta say, you I uh, like the way you you uh, beautiful women talk on on the show. I think you should take it away from this weak mm. sauce of a man. I do. I just I wanna. Oh. Sorry, I was I was just gonna backtrack just a, a tiny bit to comment on the the, the hair and the multiple napes, which I'm still not sure what right. a nape of the foot is. It's where the, but the, the foot is, It's it's got that Usually thing. people just say head to toe, but, you know, napes, napes are fun. Well, but you're he, not um, for but I do He's believe, also not people. He's a troll. Right. But I do believe it, it, it's possible that you, as far as your stature and whatnot, you could, he could very well simply be a human person uh, suffering from both dwarfism and uh, hypertrichosis, which is... Uh, and now there's no reason for you to start getting insulting, it's, young lady. But it's it's uh you know it's excessive hair growth. It, it is a real disease. It exists. Many people. Have I it. am not a disease. You I am. Say that you were a disease. I you know what? Wait, uh, we we okay. are not. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. We are not our condition. You believe this guy has a disease, but you don't believe that people get a virus and turn into hibernators. I. I don't believe that hibernation is a virus. Not hibernation, hibernator. There, there's a distinction. People can, in fact, get a virus, uh, which would make them ill, and I think would actually make them exhibit a lot of the same symptoms as a hibernator. I mean, when you when you don't feel well, you do have a tendency to just snuggle up in a warm, fuzzy place and, and watch TV and eat lots of soup. I think we've all... Been there. There was no talk of soup before this. Um, well, maybe I'm just, I'm a little bit hungry. I'm sorry. I skipped lunch uh, to, to come do this podcast. But I don't think that the hibernators necessarily have a virus. I just think that if you do have a virus, such as maybe the flu, you might, ex- you know, exhibit a lot of the same symptoms. I completely understand where Dr. Marin is coming from. It's so interesting. However, what she's talking about is a lot of temporary situations when you have the flu your body can naturally overcome it we're looking at something more like um just for the sake of argument like a pneumonia when untreated becomes becomes part of one's death potentially so Um, you don't think that anyone could get past 
obviously people with low immune systems have a lot of issues with pneumonia um mm-hmm. the elderly small children mm-hmm. people like that but you don't think anyone can overcome pneumonia i mean it's without it can kill you but you can also fight it off so your body can do a lot of things to fight off pneumonia but treatment is is what is we ideal. know ideal is also something that can prevent death. I mean, because we are scientists, we don't want to harm people. We want to do things that grow our community. Um, So obviously we're not going to give someone pneumonia and see how long it takes to die. Of course not. All we have are the the cases of people dying of pneumonia who went untreated. Don't we know of government cases where people did... where I'm, they did give people pneumonia to see how long it took them to die. I'm just saying that um, people also have caught pneumonia and survived without treatment. I'm not saying that we should. No, absolutely. Do you not. have the cases? Do not. Uh, yeah. I do can, you have cases? Bring on the cases, Elizabeth Marin. I would I, love to read anything that you've read. Oh, I'll too get much it to you after the show. Now. Okay, because if, yes. if you could cite those cases, I would love to see. Um, but uh, caller, I I do have. A- I, I I could listen to you, beautiful women talk all day. I, I uh, swear to God. In fact, I think you should bury Hickney under the ground. At okay, this point, yeah, you're quite done. Frankly. Goodbye, uh, Roger. You know what? Never mind. Uh, put the Johnny Walker away. Get the mushrooms. I'm just not happy. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take one more break, and then when we get back, we'll hear some more callers, hopefully, that want to talk about the hibernator and our less insulting dicks. See you in a minute. Freak of the Week is sponsored by Lyft Munch. Move over, Uber Eats. Why eat out when Lyft can munch for you? Lyft Munch. Greetings, Earther scum. Hey, friend. Don't despair. No need to slit any throats yet. Do you find that you're suffering from a lack of insanity? A lack of hilarity. I've got a solution for you. It's perfectly natural. It's Mr. Wiggly's Moist and Happy Friendship Garden. You aren't gonna like it. What? What is it? It's a new sketch comedy podcast from Memorial Development and the DVMPE. I came up with these shitty names. Everyone is so damn sensitive these days. What can you expect out of Mr. Wiggly's Moist and Happy Friendship Garden? They know to dissolve teeth on contact. Goddamn gross is what it is. Well, this sucks. Ah, applesauce. That's what this stuff is? Really makes people uncomfortable. Hmm, I like it. Keep going. Mr. Wiggly will make you say... Don't fuck them. In front of Grandma. Oh, God, no. I'm not a monster. Now you're getting violent. Oh, God, really? Okay, wrap it up. You're not cleaning that up again. All right, Joe Believers, thanks for listening to the sponsors. We're back. Um, I've, you know, had a mushroom. Hopefully that'll help. Uh, thank you, Roger, for that. Um, you're, you're, you're a good friend. Uh, we're talking about the hibernator, I guess. Um, doc, Dr. Baggington, um, how do you recognize these? Like, if you were to encounter one in person, how do you recognize one? Well, first and foremost, I think it's just so interesting that we don't normally see them in person. We normally think about how, you know, a snake has been there, right? You see a snake track, you see a trail, you may even see shedded skin. Right. That's what we're seeing with the hibernator. Only upon their death are we able to examine them and see the changes in DNA, changes in bone structure, 
change in in basic parts of anatomy. It is incredibly interesting. So you've done like necropsies on 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 these? Absolutely. What kind of scientist would I be if I did not follow through with necropsies? That's a, that's a fair point. Uh, so Elizabeth, how do you how do you d- defend your point of view if she's done necropsies on actual hibernators? You've done uh, necropsies on, on yes, actual... Yes, because they're not, they're not I mean, human beings, I, I, so they're not I know autopsies. what a necropsy is. Yes. what you call an autopsy on an animal. Yes. I'm aware. Um, I, I, I'm fascinated, and I would actually, uh, while I look up all of the pneumonia studies, yes. I would love to see your actual DNA studies on these. I have brought them hoping that you would ask that. Yes! I am so excited. Yes! I just, I was, I didn't want to be presumptuous and assume that you would read something that I wrote. And so I just, I brought it just in case maybe you had some time because I would love your notes. Um, Here's the case study. DNA evidence. DNA evidence of a thing, Elizabeth. It's obviously, it's it's a lot of reading, but um, I can, I mean, there's kind of two sum up pages, right? Obviously the, the opening is about 17 pages and that really gives the summary of the whole study that we did. Um, and then if you want to go about midway through, that's where I put in all of the exhibits uh, along with some factual, some, I'm sorry, photographic factual evidence. Um, and that way you can kind of see some of the things that I got to see. Um, okay. So if you want to skip to either of those, if you have some time, I mean, I would love for you to read the whole thing because I think that would just be, I mean, so interesting and amazing. But, um, you know, whatever you have time for. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely fascinated by this um 1800-page portfolio. <laughs> all just, of that evidence. All of that you proof. You just handed me. Um, I, I'm, I would really like to take my time with it. Sure. I definitely don't want to uh, just skim it. No. Uh, <laughs> you we put could, so much thought into we it. We could exchange emails if you we, wanted we to. We could. We could. If you give okay. me a couple of weeks, I'd be happy to <laughs> study this thoroughly. Dating? That would be great. That would be, that would be, that would be so, that would be so much. Oh, oh my gosh. What do you say to the fact that there's factual evidence in front of you about these? I think that there are 1,800 pages of factual evidence in front of me that I would like to read through. Such a cop-out. Such a cop out. Okay, any any scientist is going to be able to read a report in a couple of weeks and probably even a second time, you know, to make sure that they understand what's in the report. So I completely understand. She cannot make any science, like scientific, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Any um, assessments? Assessments, thank you. See? God. Why is she defending her now? She's Yeah, she can't make any assessments uh, until she's seen the research. God, right now, she just gets to speculate. And that's what is so interesting about science. We can take something that we think we know, mm-hmm. and then we can study it, and we can experiment on it, and then we can find out that something just so interesting can occur. Roger, how is it that when they even when they disagree, they still agree? I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I don't. Do you know? You don't. Okay, I guess you don't know. We're gonna take a caller. Uh, caller, uh, what is your name and where you're from? Hi, this is Sue Matthews from Bristol, Wisconsin. Hi, Sue. Hello, Sue. Hello. Welcome to Freak of the Week. Well, thank you for having me. I am finding this conversation very interesting, and it explains a lot. I actually own. Welcome a to Freak of the Week, Sue. It's my show. I'll welcome you, oh. David. If you don't use your polite words. I have to do it for you. Sue, welcome to Freak of the Week. I'm so interested. Tell me all about it. Well, thank you all for having me. I um, actually own a townhouse in Mm -hmm. Bristol, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I rent it out for the summers. It's very, 
very good for the Ren Fair goers. What's they, a what's a Ren Fair? A Renaissance Fair. They reenact the Renaissance in this little village and dress up. And, so they all get like the Black Plague. Well, no, but I think some of them actually wear plague masks. You know, around there. That's weird. Yeah, you know, it's it's a thing here though. It's, it brings in a lot of tourism and and so we've had really good luck with that unit renting it out and having people stay there during that season. But sure. the winter months weren't as busy. But now, over the last few years, I'd say the last five or years or so, we've had this influx influx of people mm-hmm. that have been renting mm-hmm. out this unit. And it and it does. It starts, you know, in November, usually before Thanksgiving, and then they stay, and it's often the same tenant. It used to be these were shorter rentals for maybe a week or a weekend, and now we have people that are coming and and just renting out the place until about May, I'd say, or no, I sorry, I'm getting my rent fair dates mixed up until about March, like the end of March, mm-hmm. and we find candy wrappers and Cheetos mm-hmm. wrappers and things in. I think they probably try to clean up, but yeah, there are definite signs, and it's fascinating, this conversation. I wonder if we have had hibern- hibernators. It sounds like you absolutely might have. Yes. Um, I would love, 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 love to come and study your townhome. Oh, Maybe sure. just take some pictures, see if we can get some evidence. Um, because it sounds like, it, which is so interesting, yes. it sounds like that you have one of the migrating, migrating hives. Um, which we found can sometimes be an actual group. Now, we know hibernators to be single single beings, right? They're solitary creatures. They don't group up. They don't, they're not part of a pack, right? We've talked about that a little bit. Yes. But what's super interesting is that they will join for common cause. So, for example, if... Uh, Wisconsin is the place that they need to be and they do need to migrate together, they are willing to share a van for eight hours coming from a northern Canadian territory down to Wisconsin. There's often a van from the tenants. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, oh, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. Um, they sometimes, too, can uh, manipulate a human being into helping them with some of these things because as they regress into the new species and I say regress which I don't like using but what we're seeing from the DNA is much more primal homo sapien than it is this evolved creature that we all know each other to be sure you know we will see um some really kind-hearted people who are willing to drive vans and willing to uh help with rental agreements things like that I'm telling you, Uber has been a lifesaver for the hibernators who might not have left a very cold basement and just died there. Okay. Why do hibernators pay for their Uber if they don't have jobs? That is also what's interesting. So not only can they potentially steal identities, let's talk about that for a minute. This is Wait, the they're stealing our identities? They can. This oh, is I why do a full ba- background check for the Airbnb. I know, I know, but you know. Is it a, but you rent to one singular person? I do. Okay, so that's part of this, is that usually there is a hibern- hibernator benefactor. Sorry, there's a oh. lot of syllables in that word. So interesting. Hibernator benefactor. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> but 
what they can do is because they have this collective pool and because their needs are so low, a hibernator group can live almost indefinitely because of the rate of, of uh, compound interest. We never get complaints from the other units, the surrounding units. They say they're very quiet. Yeah. Um, we did have to install, you know, better internet service because mm. over the years that's been an issue, mm-hmm. but now we've got high-speed internet and, you know, the Wi-Fi within the unit, and so... Do you have poop buckets in the unit? I was going to say, do you have to charge them an extra cleaning deposit? That only or? happened one one summer. You know, the... the I guess the colony so, or whatever they're called. The I hive. I the hive. Thank you. The hive must have left, you know. So, yes, we found some poop buckets and just so much rubble. Then we had to repaint, recarpet. Um, but that was that was the only time. That's when I started doing the background check even okay. for. Yeah. So there it is. Poop buckets, Elizabeth. I just, I, I was curious with, with everything that, all of the information that has been presented to us, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed a little bit more like uh, perhaps maybe the people that are renting your unit are maybe, shall we say, in the very early stages of hibernation. It can be. Based based on what Elizabeth, or, uh, I'm Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. What are you, <sighs> drunk? I'm the one that was drinking I, I, I had a couple sips of your Johnny Walker earlier. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I, was, I didn't invite you to do that. I know, but you know, you you need people to taste all of your things, or you won't drink it because you're afraid someone's going to put. Roger already tried it for me. Please don't get your praying mantis drunk. It's he not good for volunteered. him. Volunteered. It was voluntary. I didn't force it on him. You dipped his bee head in it. He pointed at the, the glass and then at the bee head and then nodded at me, and so I took the little bee head, picked it up, and went, "You want this, Roger?" And Roger goes, yeah. Well, of like course this. he took and it. Then, it was and then a I'm like, head. He, he doesn't it, know that it's it. going to make him drunk. He f- tried to. He flew into the window. That's not good for him. I told him not to do that. You I didn't tell him to do that. You, I told him the opposite of that, Elizabeth. You have to take care of him. I'm it's tr- very important that you take care of him. I'm taking care of Roger. He's my best friend. I know he is. He's your only friend. He's my co-host. All right, thank you so much, Sue, for calling in. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, appearance-wise, these these hibernators, you, you talked about worn-out blankets and stuff. Yes. If we were to come across one, how would we recognize it visually? Well, that is where this gets difficult. Okay. Much to my dismay, uh, we've only ever seen... A, hi- a living hibernator mm-hmm. six times. And unfortunately, we were not able to f- capture the photographic evidence of a living hibernator. Okay. So I can tell you from the necropsy what we know them to look like after death. Um, so things that you're looking for. Incredibly matted hair around the head. Um could be theirs, could be the, could be someone else's. Um, we tend to see a lot of human hair and then what becomes hibernator hair, mm-hmm. um, all stuck around the crown, stuck around uh, the jawline, and sometimes around the neck. You're also looking for incredibly deep-set eyes. Um, it's almost as though 
it's almost like a beady eye would be. Okay. Um, so much smaller, so that the basically all we're seeing is what would have been the human pupil left. Um, the actual eyelid uh, starts to enclose the eye. Um, so there is still an opening that's still, you know, blinking. There's still, you know, lubrication going to the eye. Uh, but the actual eye hole is much smaller because uh, the lens starts to de- deteriorate and therefore the lid becomes kind of uh, solidified with the bottom lid, the top of the bottom Sounds lid. Sounds awful. Well, begin, are you saying they begin to fuse together over the socket? It's, so it's less of a fuse and more of a growth. Um, it's incredibly interesting because what we've seen in like bed sores and things like that, you mm-hmm. can see skin fuse and we know what that looks like. This is almost as though there was a, a speed up, like the cells have decided that this is part of the natural growth, which is why we actually looked into the DNA in the first place um, because we had noticed several somewhat human-looking people, we were calling at the time, come in uh, with very similar characteristics. And then once we noticed that this eye thing is very much a telltale sign, we were able to determine, no, these aren't people. These are the hibernators. And we were able to extract the DNA from not only the blood that was left, but the hair samples that were all over them. It was so interesting. Um, you're also looking for, a, well, again, we're, we assume this is after death, but we believe that the, the actual physical body of a hibernator is slightly bloated. We haven't seen a lot of thin. We haven't seen a lot of, of bony. We see a lot of excess fat. We see a lot of uh, additional layers. Um, so even though humans have several layers of their epidermis, we see that hibernators have over 2,000 layers of skin. That's a lot of skin. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that hibernators actually grow extra layers of epidermis. Yes. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Yes, that is what I'm I saying. I just wanted to verify. I'm so okay. sorry. It's, it's notes. just to see, to see this kind of change in, in DNA on something that is currently living, we've only been able to study in plants so far. It's so interesting. Hmm. It's very interesting. All right, I think we have one last caller. Uh, caller, what's your name and where are you from? My name is Lance, and I'd rather not say where I'm calling from, and I, I think you would understand. I, I totally get that. In fact, I think that's a great answer, Lance. Yeah, so um, here's my thing. I was listening to this story. I've been listening to you for a few months now. Ever since your trailer caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Because I was hired to clean out your trailer. What? That was my job. And ever since then, I've taken a liking to this show. But I, I do have to say that I'm kind of concerned. Because I found five buckets of poop <gasps> in the remains of his trailer. And now everything that you're saying is matching up with this man that I've been listening to for months, this David Hickney. Wait, wait, are you saying that I'm a hibernator? I'm saying you live in a basement, you wear poop-stained underwear often, and 
that there were poop buckets all over the remains of your trailer, sir. David, I told you that keeping your own feces is disgusting. It's and that you needed fertilizer. to get rid of those. Those were fertilizer. They weren't poop buckets. They were fertilizer buckets. Well, can I can I just see your hand? Can I just see your hand real quick? I just want to see your Can I just... Interesting. To find out. Interesting. I'm sorry, caller. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. No, I, I, I was, I was just waiting in anticipation because well, I really believe that you have yourself a live hibernator. I, I don't have two thousand layers of skin. I don't have yes. eyes. But growth things from from the test I just did on your hand, I believe you might have eleven. That's more than a human. Yep. That is, humans only have five layers. Wait, so that's, that's wondering. That's more human than human? It is, it is more oh, skin than a human, far less skin than a hibernator. What does that mean? But maybe it's evolutionary. It could be. It could also be this gene that's been laid dormant. I mean, currently he's not showing any of the other signs. Um, there hasn't been internet access as at all when I walked in. No, here. I don't. I don't do the my internet. My phone was that, taken that away from me. Yeah, you have to go upstairs. But he does make this Wi-Fi. weird guy search the internet for him. Jimmy, my he proxy. Won't, he won't even do it himself. No, he because then they'll find it. me. What? The, this is insane. Well, what I would like to do, if it's if it's all right with you, and maybe if it's all right with Dr. Marin, I'll ask her permission. Um, I would love to revisit you in like a year, um, because why? Why are you getting permission from her? Well, because because she's Dr. Elizabeth Marin. I mean, she, she's. I'm also your your legal guardian. Yeah. Why do you have to bring that up all the time? All the time with that. And the benefactor of. David Hickney, which is another sign. You said that. It's true. What is go- he can't Roger, what's going on here? He can't support himself. He can't support himself. David, have you ever taken an Uber? What is an Uber? It's a it's a rideshare service. You no, because that would require the use of a cell phone. Yeah, oh, I, don't, okay. I don't own one of those. Have you have you ever gotten him an Uber? I, I have tried to get him an Uber, but I the on the rare occasion that mm-hmm. I get him to actually leave the house, mm-hmm. he rides in my trunk. Oh, I've had to actually install wow. a closed trunk, circuit television. So a you can't, you a be trunk seatbelt to keep him safe. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's specially made. It's sort of strapped. I got a, I got a well, little car seat for Roger to go right next to me. Yeah. With with your permission. Uh, I would love to take a sample because I believe that I think sample we are in the what? witness of the gene right now. He's the missing link. It, it could be I, everything that we've been looking what? for. The virus, possibly. Possibly we can determine if it's a genome. I mean, this is this is legendary. This is this is groundbreaking. It's just it's 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 just so interesting. Oh my gosh, I just True believers, I do not know what is going on right now. I can assure you, I am a person. These, he is a, a person. I am a human being. That's exactly what a pre-hibernator would say. <gasps> oh my god, Elizabeth, what is going on right now? Um, I mean, Doctor Doctor so Baggington is so having so is having a moment. I think she's so she's seen your your depression. Oh she's seen the the thick calluses on the palms of your hands. So uh, interpreted that as extra skin, I can't and uh, I just lift a lot of heavy sh- uh, stuff. It's you so know? interesting. You do, um, so and she's seen your back hair and interpreted that as fur. And I don't. 
I, uh, I just saw the couch I tent. Maybe... I just saw the couch tent. I just saw the couch tent. Yeah. Oh my god. We're gonna have to flip that cushion. <gasps> oh, soon. this is so interesting. Uh, true believers. Um, thanks for listening. Um, until next week, I'm David Hickney for Elizabeth Marin, Roger. And Dr. Samantha Baggington. Just um, hold still while I take your hair. You, you, no. Let me just no, it's got my DNA don't, on it. No, no. We'll be back next week. Take, take your vitamin quick. D, kids. Freak of the Week was created by me, David Hickney. Apparently, Elizabeth Marin is a character played by Amanda Davila. I don't know how that works. She's my sister. All of the experts and phone calls were performed by a cast of actors. What in the world? I don't know who Lindsay Chmielarski, Alan Morgan, Elizabeth Grulick, and Patrick Harrington are, but we're going to have to go to Pound Town, for sure. The Freak of the Week theme was created by David Vox Mullen, artwork by Nick Mataragas. Freak of the Week was produced by Nick Mataragas and David Vox Mullen. <laughs> produced, yeah, okay. Freak of the Week is a memorial development production distributed by the DVMPE. Memorium Development. Oh.